0: Thanks, Claire. Climate activists, new confrontational tactics aren't popular, but that's kind of the point. You're not supposed to like it when protesters throw soup on a Van Gogh. An article by Kate Yoda. 2022 may be remembered as the year that climate protests got weird. Activists prowled cities in the dead of the night using lentils to deflate tires of thousands of SUVs. They glued themselves to airport runways. They also glued themselves to priceless artwork in museums, dumped flour on a sports car painted by Andy Warhol, and infamously launched a can of Heinz tomato soup at the glass protecting Vincent Van Gogh's sunflowers. Frustrated with the sluggish pace of climate action, Protesters turned to disruptive tactics, risking arrest and widespread disapproval. Activists made people late for work. They delayed flights. They were accused of vandalism. Their actions weren't popular, but they anticipated that. We're going to be noisy. We're going to be disruptive. We're going to be unignorable. We're going to be a pain in the ass until you listen to us said Emma Brown, a spokesperson for Just Stop Oil, the coalition behind the museum protests, who recently told this to PBS NewsHour. The group hopes to persuade the UK government to put a stop to all new fossil fuel projects. When a pair of activists with Just Stop Oil tossed tomato soup at the Van Gogh painting in London's National Gallery in October, It sparked a widespread debate about the effectiveness of such tactics. In a survey of more than 2,000 Americans conducted within a month of the protest, 46% said that disruptive nonviolent actions including shutting down morning commuter traffic and damaging pieces of art decreased their support for efforts to address climate change only 13% said such actions increased their support. The thing is, the public rarely approves of disruptive protests, unless they happen sometime in the past. Suffragettes actually slash paintings, permanently damaging them, and even then were remembered as heroes. Even peaceful marches as they unfold are sometimes seen as unhelpful. After Martin Luther King Jr. delivered the iconic I Have a Dream speech, following the 1963 march on Washington. Three quarters of Americans said that they thought mass demonstrations harmed the cause. The following year, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act into law. Now that doesn't mean that throwing soup at famous paintings will bring down greenhouse gas emissions, but it does suggest that the public has a poor track record of guessing what makes social movement successful. Experts say that disruptive demonstrations play an important role in gathering attention for a cause and making tamer protests appear more acceptable by comparison. Confrontational protests, violent or not, are all part of a successful social movement, said Oscar Bergland, who researches climate activism and civil disobedience at the University of Bristol. While climate protests are generally peaceful, fiery fiery ones could raise the risk that things will get violent, depending on the circumstances. The line behind confrontational activism and violence is a very, very fuzzy line, particularly when you have a law enforcement who may or may not be empowered to harm protesters, said Dana Fisher, a sociologist at University of Maryland, who has studied the effectiveness of climate activism for two decades. States have recently passed draconian laws with harsh penalties for blocking fossil fuel infrastructure. Despite that, there's a growing appetite for nonviolent climate demonstrations. One-fifth of Americans under 40 say they'd likely participate in civil disobedience, such as sit-ins, blockades, or trespassing, to support climate action if a friend asked them to. This is according to a survey conducted last September by the Yale Program on Climate Change Communication. Fisher says that participation in civil disobedience appears to be on the rise, based on her surveys of AmeriCorps workers and climate change organizers. There is a potential here for a huge disruptive movement to arise quickly, said Margaret Klein Salomon, the executive director of Climate Emergency Fund, which backs nonviolent climate activism. Confrontational actions haven't picked up speed in the United States as fast as they have in the United Kingdom But there are signs that a wave may be starting here as well In April this year, climate scientists chained themselves to a J.P. Morgan Chase building in Los Angeles to protest the bank's funding of fossil fuel projects In summer, drivers of SUVs and pickup trucks in New York, the Bay Area and Chicago found their vehicles default vehicles with tires deflated and a leaflet on their windshield. Your gas guzzler kills. It was the work of the Tear extinguishers, an international group aiming to make it impossible to own large personal vehicles in cities. Last month, protesters picketed at private airports in New New Jersey, North Carolina, California and Washington State to highlight that toll that private jets took on the planet. Disruptive protests are, by their nature, uncomfortable. Salomon, who is also a clinical psychologist, says the public is living in a state of mass delusion with regard to the climate crisis, sleepwalking into catastrophe. The role of activists is to shake everyone awake. If you think about it from that perspective, it, it all makes sense. It all makes sense in the world why these activists would be so unpopular. You know, they're making people think about climate. They're making people feel really painful feelings. Because it's such a tough reality, Salman said. Confrontational tactics can draw criticism, anger, and even death threats. But many activists feel that more conventional means of protesters, protesting won't bring results. A phenomenon called the activist dilemma illustrates the problem. Protesters often have to choose between moderate actions that are easily ignored or more extreme actions that might alienate the public. It isn't fun. I hate disruptive people disrupting people's lives. And it's upsetting that it's come to this, but it has come to this, and an, anon- an anonymous tear extinguisher activist told Bice earlier this year. We feel that nothing else will work. We don't have any more time for letters or marches or waiting for more elections. We've had those strategies for 30 years, and they're not working. It's time to shake things up. Phoebe Pluma, one of the soup throwers with Just Stop Oil, admitted the action was, in their own words, slightly ridiculous, but argued that the absurdity of the protest was what got got the conversation on climate action going. In the months preceding the Sunflowers incident, Just Stop Oil had attacked a more logical target oil terminals. Activists blocked so much oil infrastructure in April that they forced one in three gas stations in southern England to close, but they received very little international attention. Disruptive protests play a role in setting the agenda by opening up space for issues that otherwise might not get discussed. Take Insulate Britain, a group that began blocking roads in the United Kingdom last September, Demanding that the government retrofit all UK homes to make them more energy efficient, the group was widely unpopular. They, with only 16% of people surveyed, doing them favor, favorably one month later. But in the month after the protest began, the number of times that print newspapers in the United Kingdom mentioned insulation had doubled, not including reference to "insulate," part of the group's name. By June this year, the group had risen on the policy agenda, with former Minister Boris Johnson drawing up plans to insulate thousands of homes before winter struck. At the time, one official suggested that the policy could be called, wait for it, insulate Britain. It's hard to draw a straight line from protest to policy change, but experts say disruptive demonstrations may be more helpful than many people believe. The fact that it's unpopular doesn't mean that it's effective ineffective, Berglund said, referring to insulate. Ultimately, even if people dislike what protesters do, it doesn't automatically turn them against the cause that those protests are fighting for. Of course, such protesters are not great for building broad movements. They're probably not going to change the minds of minority Americans who oppose climate politics. These activists and groups that are organising these kinds of activism are acutely aware that they're not speaking to these people. Fisher said they're trying to mobilise people who are already sympathetic. Polarising the public has the effect of forcing people to take a stance on something they may may not otherwise think about. And by some measure the strategy might already be working. Fisher said the soup incident was through the roof effective by many of the short-term goals activists use to judge effectiveness, such as media coverage, even if it's unclear what the effect of the action will have in the long run. According to Just Stop Oil organisers, the attention-grabbing protests made it easier to recruit new people. In the past, civil disobedience was seen by climate organisers as a bad tool. But there's no question that the young generation of climate activists absolutely include that as one of their tools now.